Welcome to episode 7 of the Two Guys, One Team podcast. We are following up our live draft with our draft review. We are sitting down, we are going pick by pick, figuring out who screwed up, how they screwed up, why they screwed up, so that we know who to blame for when this season inevitably ends in flames. So we are going, like I said, pick by pick. We're going through every stupid thing we did from the night before, just like you do when you wake up hungover in the morning trying to figure out how did I end up with this fat chick in my bed. So here we are, uh, two guys, one team podcast. Uh, We're going to support our first ever sponsor right now. So make sure you listen closely, support our sponsors, and uh, we'll get into the pod right after. Thanks. Big day here for Two Guys, One Team Podcast. We got our first sponsor. We got some money to pay some bills. So we are thrilled to introduce Philip Rivers Rubbers as our first sponsor. Now, Philip Rivers Rubbers, I haven't used them, but I've heard good things. They actually help you have children. They've got tiny holes in the tip that actually propel your little swimmers faster towards the end zone. All right, why send out just one receiver when you can send out five at super speeds? All right, that's the principle behind the technology. It's patent pending. These condoms actually will help you have more kids. It's the secret behind all of Philip Rivers' marital success. He's killing it in the having kids game with the same woman. He's killing it. So if you want to have that same kind of success, if you're thinking six, seven, eight, nine, even 10 kids, you've got to be using Philip Rivers rubbers. That way, when you shoot, you don't miss. If you go to twoguysoneteam.com, that's the number two guys, the number one team.com and enter the code extra small, you can get yourself 50% off Philip Rivers rubbers, which are guaranteed to get your wife pregnant six, seven, eight, even nine times. If you do that, you're supporting the pod. You're supporting what we're doing here. We've got big things happening. Appreciate you supporting our sponsors. When you support them, you support us. Again, Philip Rivers Rubbers. It's where you need to be spending your, your condom money. All right, so we're talking. We're, we're going over doing a little bit of draft review. On this episode, uh, Trav, what uh, what did you think of where we started, where we ended up? Give me your your take on on uh, your. Is this your first co-manager draft? Uh, this is my first co-managed draft. It was very interesting. The sixty second shot clock came at us in a hurry. Um, yeah, that's that sucked. By the way, that all drafts should be ninety seconds to two minutes per pick. Sixty seconds was terrible, especially with two people trying to manage it. Yeah, we probably should have had a couple of uh, ideas worked out ahead of time that we'll probably end up getting into later. Overall, though, I thought it was a really good draft. Um, Looking back, there's not much I would have changed. There's a couple rounds that I think we just outright dominated. And then the stuff that we kind of lost traction on, I'm not going to say it didn't matter, but it's fixable. And what we have is a decent alternative. Uh, the first three rounds, just our keepers in 
foregoing any of the newcomers, mostly taking Brown, Kamara, and then finishing it up with Kareem Hunt. It just, we're so well-rounded, got a great core, and I think we did well from there. The fourth round, the which was our first pick, I think was our biggest, oh my gosh, what's going to happen here? Uh, how, I mean, where do you think we started to do well, come apart? I think it was the fourth round for me that we got interesting. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it, that was our, that was our first pick. I mean, it, we had, we had Kamara Hunt and, and uh, Brown. I mean, those guys are three, three first round picks. So, you know, we got great value out of those three keepers because we had to give up our first round, second round and third round picks. Um, only 16 out of a possible 30 players were kept. So, you know, that left, you know, actual humans in there too. So these guys, the, our, our opponents did well to not, you know, there were some guys that obviously we've, they probably should have kept and probably a couple of these guys were just, you know, kind of asleep at the wheel and didn't actually, you know, didn't actually set their keepers. But for the most part, I think, I think they did well. I mean, for you see Dalvin look, Cook went first round. I forgot that. I disagree with that pick. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was he went he, over was, DeAndre Hopkins. He went over Odell. He went over Zeke. Well, I think some of those guys were were keepers, though. Let me, no, he, that let me was. Bring up... I've got it up right here. It was a non-keeper. Okay. I don't know if that was some. I didn't see any auto picks. That's wow. I didn't notice that the first time around. So the the guys that were so the guys that were that went that were actually picked in the first round were Saquon. Devonte Freeman, Dalvin Cook, and Michael Thomas. Yep. Uh, you know, I well, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was a keeper, so he wasn't going to be anywhere. Um, the so then the second round, Gronk. I now I wouldn't have taken Gronk in the second round, especially you know, ahead of uh, you know Evans, all that stuff. You know, Zeke being a keeper and all that stuff. But oh man, I understand there wasn't that many names on the board, but Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dalvin Cook. So, if you think about it, right? I mean, if you got Dalvin Cook, so when you're picking, I, ideal hypothetically, right? Mm-hmm. If there's 16 keepers, there's then Dalvin, then uh, Saquon Barkley was basically the 17th pick in the draft. Bingo. Okay, so you know, 17 Dalvin uh, for Saquon, 18 Devontae Freeman, 19 for Dalvin Cook. I mean, if you're getting Dalvin Cook at the end of the second round, I, you're probably pretty happy. Yeah, I think it's just. I think it just He's looks. It just. From, it, I believe it's the ACL. I know you don't like this name, but Latavius Murray is going to dig into a little bit of work there. No, he's not. Yes, he okay. Anyways, all right. Let's let's. Um, I mean, every every team has two running backs right now, but Dalvin Cook's really really good. Yeah, I'm not looking I'm, at this guy's dynamic right here, but I'm just saying I would have taken a couple of these. Uh, well, some other people over this guy. Okay, so let's look at our team. Um, you know, I think so. What we had to choose from, you know, as far as see fourth what, round, we were wanting. I think we'd kind of come to agree on Amari Cooper. He went one pick before us, so it kind of came down to Tate, Ertz, and Cooks. I think we were realistically toying with there. Maybe Royce Freeman, but that's nah, that was too high for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I couldn't. There's no way I think that we were going to be that we were going to be taking a tight end. We'd already kind of talked about not taking a tight end. So, you know the the guys that were still on the board for us. The, the yeah, guys, let's just look at like the guys the that fifth round. Uh, the, the guys that were the guys that were taken after us were Zach Ertz, Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, and Marvin Jones Jr. Yep. 
I like I like Golden Tate better than all of those guys. Yeah, the only issue there, and it's we're probably on the good side of it, is Jones and Tate, same team, both going pretty high. I think it's too high for Marvin Jones. I think it's a bit high for Tate, but I think we win having Tate right there. Even though I like Marvin. Well, I mean, Jones. I mean, we we had the eighth we had the eighth pick. Right. So that means that we were we were well into this was pick 38 in the draft. Right. Oh, so, we did find um, those names. I, this yeah. Is just I, looking overall at the season. Uh, I pretty much I think Marvin Jones went a round or two higher than I was expecting. And I think that slides Tate up. But we got him. I'm fine with it, especially since we got Brandon Cooks after that. Yeah. So I went I, I went through pick by pick and uh, did a did a blog post. If you guys click on the link in, in the in the bio, you'll be able to go in there and read up. Um, but there, um, you know, Golden Tate is a guy that he's super consistent. He's got, you know, in four seasons with Detroit and for, he's for all four seasons between 91 and 99 catches. Yeah, you know, as, as far as a second receiver, it's like with as good as we are. At running back with Hunt and Kamara, and then our number one wide receiver to have somebody that consistent as our number two receiver, I think is going to be huge for us. Yeah, I think that's ultimately why we were, kind of came down with him in the end. Yeah, so our fifth round pick was Brandon Cooks. You know, um, this is probably where I'm not a huge Brandon Cooks fan, but he has been remarkably consistent for a guy that's bounced around now to two different teams. We were still needing a wide receiver too. And looking below it, there's none of those specific guys in that round. Um, I, I, so the I guys like that were Royce, taking at, but I would running back or wide receiver wise, Brandon cooks is where it's at. Yeah. I mean, we didn't, we didn't need, uh, we didn't need a running back there. So I think, I think running backs were just going to be out for us. I think we go four straight wide receivers. Yep. Uh, we go, uh, you know, Tate, Cooks, Hogan, and then Funches. Um, I don't think that, you know, we were so top heavy on running backs that we were we can we were allowed to, you know, kind of let let running backs go because I feel I think we feel so comfortable with who our starting guys are. Yeah. But as far as Cooks for me, you know, I, I you know, the guys that were ta- the wide receivers taken after him and before our next pick were Garcon, Emmanuel Sanders. Juju, Alshon Jeffrey, and Crabtree. The only guy that I probably would have taken over uh, Cooks um, because, you know, we're alternating Cooks. The only the guy that I had higher on my draft board was Juju, but I think it was only one spot higher. Yes, I so, remember you mentioning that now that you say it. Um, yeah, for me, I just feel like we have a little bit better data on Cooks. The fact that he's bounced around the league, though, is an issue. I, yeah, I, I the thing that you do, I think, is win, but I don't mind that name on our roster, and I feel yeah. like he's more tradable than Juju. If well, if if um if Cooks was our second wide receiver, I'd be concerned. Him being is he's 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 in one of the flex spots, so okay. you know that's that's he's not somebody that we're necessarily going to rely on. You know, he does feel like a boomer bust guy, like he's going to be thirty points or eight points. Yep. Um, but you know, it's like with this, con- I th- again, with as consistent as I think we are the, the rest of the team, That's, the reason I like Juju better, uh, is I think he's higher up in the pecking order for a spot for, um, I think he's higher up in the pecking order within the offense. So, you know, you've got, you've got Gurley and Bell, right. Then I think that those are the focal points of the offense. 
Then you've got uh, Antonio Brown with the Steelers and then Juju. Um, with the Rams, I think you've got Gurley and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods is going to play a big role. Yeah, and, he's going to get muddled and, out and, and, then, and, then, and then Brandon Cook. So he's kind of in that. That's, that's I think, if, I, I think if we had the 90 seconds, we might have been able to get because I like I literally just thought of that now and in, in kind of being like, well, why would I have Juju above Brandon Cooks? Yeah. And it's like if we had the 90 seconds or two minutes to make this pick, maybe we get to that point. And and but again, I mean, Juju and Brandon Cooks were they were one spot apart on my on my board. And so, I think the other no, name I might have thrown in there at this point would have been Crabtree, which I don't think you agreed with. So I, some people are some people are like terrifyingly high on on the Ravens offense I don't see it I think I think Flacco's trash um they're usually high volume that would probably be my overall interest but yeah I mean that's but like I think you know it's like Flacco's trash he's got two new receivers between John Brown and Crabtree you know the the running back is young like there's not that old running backs are good but you know it's it just feels like a hodgepodge offense and something that like it's it's somewhere between, right, like an Andrew Luck type offense, right, where you've got a great quarterback, or at least, you know, a couple of years ago, right before he got hurt, we don't know what he's going to be. Yeah. But you've got a great quarterback and an offense that is kind of – that revolves around him, and so you know you can rely on T.Y. Hilton. Um, but – and and I so I, I think that the quarterback isn't good enough, and I think the weapons aren't good enough, right? So it's like – the if if you put Flacco in in as like a um, slot him in say around Andy Dalton, right? I would rather have AJ Green because AJ Green's still a weapon well, like duh. Crabtree, right? But that but that but I mean that's going to the... go so much higher. You're looking for a lot of value if you can pull, if you or even putting them in the same sentence and can pull them in the sixth round. Well, so so I guess what I'm saying is is like the Ravens don't have the premier quarterback that makes me think that their weapons can be great, and they also don't have the great weapons that make me think that they're going to make Flacco great. So it's just kind of like it feels like two wrongs not turning into a right kind of thing. It's it that's my problem with the that's my like problem with the Ravens offense. But you know some people are out there. I know like Matthew Berry's out there saying that they're going to have they're they're going to be a big offense and. Um, but I just, it's, it's too many parts that haven't been around each other long enough for it to be a, uh, you know, a fifth round pick for us. I mean, that's too high. I, I, I do prefer cooks over Crabtree. I probably prefer cooks over Alshon. I'd say the one guy that Dude, I'd, Alshon I'd being be, uh, hurt, that's, it just made it so tough. Well, and, and they just, there's just a ton of options on that offense. Like, and, and I mean, Alshon's had declining stats for four straight years. I mean, at a certain point you start looking at the stats and going like, Hey, this you know, he, his yards per catch has gone down every single year. He reminds like, me of what's his face from uh, played for Houston all that fucking time. Uh, on, that oh, Andre yep, Johnson. No, no, Andre Johnson. I mean, Andre Johnson's a Hall of Famer, so I don't think Alshon's going to get to that. No, that level. but he's like a just kind of one of those guys. All right, so um, six round, six round pick was Chris Hogan. Um, you know, I, this is the first time I think I've ever taken a Patriots wide receiver. I think you and I had talked enough about it that I'd kind of come around on Chris Hogan and it's basically a Brady has nobody else. Uh, Edelman's out for the first four weeks and, you know, and then when I, you know, you go back and look at Hogan's like first couple of games last year, he was a rock star. So, you know, I think, I think there's, there's value here. He's going to be used. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's value here. Guys drafted after him 
were Marshawn Lynch, Deion Lewis, Tom Brady, and Mark Ingram. So guys that, you know, and this is, this is what we were able to avoid by having the two great keeper running backs is that we are not looking like, you know, it's like here in the sixth round, somebody just, somebody's probably going to be starting. Worth noting, this is where we lost the top tier quarterbacks, Rodgers and Brady. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's as, um, but, but we were still, I think we'd said that if they were still there, we might go get them. Yeah. This is where we'd look. And the only, I don't think, I don't think Brady would have been the only one that we were. Yeah. The only one we were talking about was Rodgers. And we'd never like Brady was kind of off our board. It feels like, like, no, like the only guy we were going to take this high was Rogers and, you know, Brady was still there, but we went with one of his weapons over him. So Uh, um, I'm not sure Hogan is just a lock yet. Obviously the, He'll get used. He'll get targets. I'm not worried about it. I'm honestly not sure if he's going to start for our team. Well, I mean, I think in the flex spot, I think it's, you know, he's, he's a natural guy for the flex spot, but if he's not going to start, so, you know, we've, we've just gone through, um, we've got our, our roster right now is Kamara and for flex worthy guys, it's Kamara and Hunt running back. And then our, our wide receivers are Antonio Brown and Golden Tate. Our flexes, if we go by the order we drafted them, are Brandon Cooks and Chris Hogan. So if you think that Chris Hogan's not starting for us, then that means you think Devin Hunches, Funches is? Uh, yeah, possibly Hyde. Yeah, I mean, I'd want to see, like, I'd want to see Hyde play. I mean, we know the Patriots are going to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd want to see what the Browns' offense looks like for – a week or two before oh, I'd like, That's what I'd, I'd like to, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to start Hyde and then find out that he's not, you know, we know he's not getting used on third downs. Right. Um, and we're, we we're hoping there, probably not. Yeah. Right. And we're hoping that he gets used on first and second all the time, but we don't know what the rookie Chubb is going to do and what kind of role he's going to play. I mean, if Chubb is inactive for the first two games, right. Then, I think it's. I think then Hyde versus Cooks or Hyde versus Hogan for one of the flex spots is, you know, could be key. If Hyde is catching passes, you know, if he's catching four passes a game, and that gives us a little bit of a floor, right? Okay. That you so know that, kind of that we it up to like the ten twelve floor instead of like. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's giving us a nice floor that you know we're we can rely on, like you know, if if Cooks is going to be you know, uh, one of those like eight to 20 guys and, but, and scoring nowhere in between, then, yeah, I think there's value in, you know, Hyde being a 12 to 15 guy every week. Yeah. That's kind um, of where I was starting to see it of just that like reliable 15 versus the, you know, 22 and then seven that, you know, they all kind of add up to be about the same thing, but it's how it comes. Right. Now the next pick was Evan Ingram, um, world-class name. Uh, coming off a coming off a real solid rookie year some you know it's like this is where we had a little disagreement was this this round well this and this was delaney walker got taken right before here and i think we'd both we'd both been in on delaney walker Uh, there was went to we thought that was a little high that was high right so it's like i'm not that big there was there was a there was a run of tight ends there and we kind of got the 
that we stopped, we ended the run on tight ends. And so uh, the reason that we took, or anyway, the reason that I wanted to take Ingram right there was because, you know, we had the eighth pick. Mm. That means there was the guy picking nine, the guy picking 10, and then back around. We're going to get right, the swing quick. For 11 and 12. So there was going to be four picks between when we were looking at probably the last guy in our t- in our second tier of tight ends. And look, I wouldn't have taken those next four guys that came off the board. I would have been looking at taking Hyde there just to not let him go. Well, and and so I think that that became the, you know, now it's a, for me anyways, it was a, this is the last guy that we think is going to be, say, a top six tight end. Like, I think we got a little lucky in there that, I mean, maybe some people really think that Crowell or Duke Johnson's going to do that great or be really worth it. I would just rather take the starting running back. But either way, we got him. Yeah, well, it's like, it, and again, this is this is the, the the point I'm trying to make here is that like we had a chance to take the last tight end in our in the in the second tier, mm-hmm. or who is going to start for us, right? Absolutely. Or or get a third running back. And so the guy that's going to start, like that guy that's in that set that in that second tier, that last guy in the second tier with a team that is going to draft after us that didn't have a tight end. That's why we took, that's why I took Evan Ingram at that spot. It's, no, it, I get if, it. I if, think if, we could have gotten him at least one round later would have been my overall. Uh, Cause okay. The next tight end well, after him was Jordan Reed. I feel like the guy that's taking Jordan Reed is taking Jordan Reed. He's not hunting Evan Ingram. All right, so I don't see. I don't think we stretch for Evan Ingram. Like I, I just think if if it had been, if there were, if Delaney Walker was there, we were taking Delaney Walker. Right? Yeah, I think we. I think we'd, we'd already established that. Um, if the guy that was. Uh, if 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 both teams drafting after us, right? Because remember they got two picks, and so you know you've got to think that now in round what seven and eight. So we're in round eight. I just and never nine. remember the Giants ever. I mean, yeah, I remember him playing. I just never remember him. Like he's not memorable. There's not not saying there's no data there. I'm just looking at it right now. And okay, like he does break ten points here and there, but. Mm. I mean, listen. All tight ends are touchdown dependent, unless you're unless you're Gronk and Kelsey, yeah. right? And, and Ertz. Those guys are those guys are glorified wide receivers. Um, now, I mean, like obviously uh, Gronk does a fair amount of blocking. He's like actually in line, but like Kelsey and, and Ertz are are just big wide receivers, right? So when you get past that top tier, you're just talking about you're talking about like the Kyle Rudolphs and the Evan Ingrams that you know it's like. They are going to, you know, if if they get twelve yards a catch, right? That means, and they get five catches. That's, you know, that's going to be sixty yards plus two and a half points. So we're at eight and a half points. Like the only way they're cracking ten, and this is any tight end really after four or five. Um, it, any tight end there is going to be touchdown dependent. So it's just depend. And listen, it's it's a guy coming off a rookie season. And yeah, I can see that the second year, and that's a good. So I mean, that's a good. Before. That's a good rookie season. 
I mean, he finished a top. He was a top ten tight end as a rookie. That doesn't happen often. True. It's right. Uh, so I don't know. Just getting the ball from Eli Mantitz Manning. Yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, well. It's like listen, they've got they've got more options now. Odell's hurt. Like this should free up. I mean, you know, towards the end of the season, Ingram was one of the only options there. I mean, he got oh yeah seven ones, and I feel like that's why some of the stats might have been a little inflated in there. Well, but it's stats, but it's also, I mean, you're, you're a rookie going up against, you know, you That's might be the focal point of the offense. But yeah, but you're also the focal point of the offense on some downs, right? Where it's like they know you're the only one that's going to get the ball. So now they trust so, you more because so, you've been that uh, guy. Well, it's, it's just the defense knows it's coming. And it's like, can you beat a defense that knows that you're, that you're going to, that you're coming? So um, anyway, I think I, I, I Ingram was a I reaction. Just, I would have just flipped those two. But yes, I do remember we got tight in that minute there. I would have gone Hyde Ingram, but yeah, I mean, we're talking yeah, I'm, five, I, six I'm, picks I'm, apart here. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with the way we took it because we don't know. We can look now and say that these guys are, um, you know, they didn't take a tight end after us, right? But we also got the last good tight end, I feel like. So I feel like if we hadn't taken Ingram, if we'd taken Hyde, then now we're looking at, you know, we just missed out on the last guy that we would have, t- that we would have started um, that's in the top two tiers of tight ends and traded it. And, and if, because we took Hyde first, we ended up with, um, without the tight end we wanted. So we took the tight end we wanted. We still got Hyde coming back. And yeah, for um, me, I guess that's just that, uh, running backs, I mean, starting running backs usually score more than the tight ends, not saying that the tight ends pointless. I get your second tier thing, but yeah, I mean, the whole point is like, it's, Sure, they're going to score more points, right? But but high, it's 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 high relative to a relative running back last year. I think that's more valuable than a top ten tight end. Relative to, um, I would agree with you, but relative to what there's there's a ton of things that have changed with Carlos Hyde. He's no longer in a Kyle Shanahan offense. He's no longer, yeah, you know, it's like he's he, he's he's. He's no longer a guy that, you know, last year he had Matt Breda backing him up who didn't, who was an undrafted rookie and didn't have a role really and had to earn his role. We'll talk, probably talk about him later um, because we're doing this pod after the Jarek McKinnon injury. Um, But you've got uh, now he's in a, he's in a a running back room with Duke Johnson, who we know is going to get, you know, it's the same coaching staff from last year. He's got a check down tie a quarterback, right? Yeah. He's got, doesn't take chances. Third down guy. So, there's a third down back. There's they drafted a rookie. Like he didn't get a big multi-year deal, right? Like I mean, this isn't like they're building a team around Carlos Hyde. So um, we don't know what his usage is going to be and if it's going to be as much usage as he got last year. So and I think that's everybody's baking that in. Otherwise, Carlos Hyde doesn't last till the ninth round. So I think we made a good pick. You know, it's like I don't I I don't like Carlos Hyde, but I do like him in the ninth round. Um, and it came down to the, the, the pick it came down to here actually on this back end of the ninth round was, um, Robbie Anderson, who was the top wide receiver on my board versus, uh, Carlos Hyde, who was the top running back on your board. Yep. And so we'll be able to see how that one plays out kind of throughout the rest of the season. But yeah, if this was my pick here in the ninth round, um, it would have been, uh, it would have been Robbie, Tom- Robbie, sorry, Robbie Anderson, um, who did end up going just two picks later. Yeah, we so, flopped it, taken 
taken Hyde, taken possibly Ingram or shopped around. You mean with like eight, eight, and then you mean the eighth and ninth? So you'd have just passed on Ingram. Yep. Let him fall. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. No, I don't. I just think I don't think he was falling. I think the reason that a tight end didn't get taken there was because, um, was because we took the last good one. So you know, it's like I mean, there's no way to know, but the hunch is is that that guy was going to fill one of his starting spots with a top six tight end, and we took him instead of it. So um, that 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 threesome right there, I think, is going to be important to us uh, from a podcast perspective, right? I mean, we got um, we're going to have. Engram and Hyde and Robbie Anderson to kind of, you know, if, if it's my draft, right, I'm probably taking <laughs> Devil's advocate. Uh, if it's if it's my draft, I'm taking Evan Ingram and Robbie Anderson. If it's your draft, you're taking Carlos Hyde and um gosh, I mean like so it's like uh, probably what Ron uh, Peyton Barber, maybe? Is he, yeah, that's is probably, he in the mix there for you? Yeah, that's about where we would have came in with. Well, the, oh, and I mean, Kel, Kelvin Benjamin was in there. I know you talked about Kelvin Benjamin while we were potting. That, well, and that also, wasn't it. you know, we came out with a Keelan Cole after that. Great name. Right, so so, so Keelan Kelvin Cole was Benjamin our. Kelvin Benjamin went right before him because, yes, we were thank, talking about it. and then Thank God. That was the, I think, I like, and that's, that's going to that be a, such a sensitive subject. I'm not even trying to sell the guy. I'm just saying that we are looking at a starting wide receiver and we just need to set a value for that. I didn't realize that value was like, Oh dear. Lord, no, he's, him at he's, all. he, he is, um, he is off the draft. Like doesn't listen. He doesn't have a QB that even had a 60% completion percentage in college. Um, does, it doesn't seem to be, didn't show up in, to, in shape last year, um, you know, and didn't do much last year on top of it. So, you know, he transferred get, year. He was, he yeah, was I mean, doing listen, all right. It's, uh, I mean, he is still, he is still living off of his rookie season. Maybe not his rookie, a couple in there, but I get it. I like, like I said, I'm not trying to sell the guy. I just, I didn't realize. Well, it was I such just, a I trigger. Well, that's the, um, you know, that's the, that's the thing, right? It's like when we're doing this, it's like you and I aren't sitting there. We won, we weren't in the room together. Right. We didn't actually set a draft board, which is, you know, if we actually make it through this thing alive and do this next year, then we might actually want to, um, you know, actually are, do you sit down and, and hammer out our draft board at each position? Um, the uh, the thing with Kelvin Benjamin. Right. And it's like, so I'm just pulling up his stats right now. <clears throat> um, he's been in the this will be his fourth year in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, thousand yards his first season and 73 catches. Then down to 63 receptions and 941 yards. And then last year, a total of just 692 yards um, and only three touchdowns. I mean, that, yeah, that's for mid year. There's, there's going to be a learning curve. And last year, that, I'm just saying the two years before it were decent. Well, it's like if you, if you, right, the two years before it were decent. He showed up. Um, I mean, the jokes. I mean, I, I ran a meme on this. Uh, yeah, he was he doing was, the lazy was, thing. The, the, well, that he was do that he was going to get endorsed by Spank. <laughs> um, so, or he's going to start. He was going to start endorsing Spank. So it's like he um, for through eight games last year was averaging four catches and fifty yards a game, um, w- still with Carolina. So it's like if you just factor out the fact that he was traded mid year, 
you can see why they traded him four catches and 50 yards a game um, yeah. with only with only two touchdowns in eight games. I mean, that's not unless the rookie keep him healthy unless there's some outside metric there. I absolutely get it. I just didn't like I said, I'm not trying to sell him big. I didn't expect you to hate him. That. He, he wasn't. Yeah, he just wasn't. He like and that's the thing. It's like it's you know, we're talking like pick nine and ten. Right. Um, that we're in here. And, you know, there's a there's the gap between undraftable on my board and possibly worth a 10th round pick. You know, I mean, that's that's not that you're trying to sell him on me like we're going to take him in the third round or that you think he's going to have some great season. But that, you know, you're yeah, this, there's exactly it's bench support. He might yeah, and, I, and, and I, I had him as and this is this is I had him as a as again, I had him as undraftable and, you know, you had him and somebody else obviously did had him as as uh, there in the in the 10th round, yeah, just a flyer or ninth round. Sorry. sorry. He, yeah. No, he went he went in the, he went in the 10th round right before our Keelan Cole. Pick. That, that's where we were looking at him. I'm like, names left on the draft. Yeah, um, and he to me he's just a name, and you're not actually you're 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 overspending for a guy that you, is very replaceable. Um, Keelan Cole, on the other hand, is a guy that undrafted last year, didn't get much, didn't get yeah, much run to, with the Jaguars. That's part of this is I know who we got instead, Mr. Cole. I, yeah. I mean, we uh, you know you talk you talk about you know it's like as as far as as far as performance, right? And, and uh, assuming that's going to, you know, we hope that's going to give guys momentum into the off season, be a bigger part of, of the plans for the next season coming forward. Um, you know, without the Marquise Lee injury, I don't think Keelan Cole goes this high, but he was still the Jaguars leading receiver in terms of yards and average 17 yards a catch. Those are those are big boy numbers. Oh, those are absolutely big boy numbers. Sometimes there's uh, sometimes they get a little exaggerated when there's not much film on the guy in the NFL. Uh, that might have been a little part of the uptick, but after that, there was enough to maintain it. He's going to do well. Yeah, so it's like if um, you know, I think with with Marquise Lee going down, I think we've got a shot at this guy being uh, certainly a flex contributor for us um, and injury insurance. But you know, he's not a guy that's going to crack our starting lineup. I mean, but that's that's not what you're drafting here in the tenth round. You're, you're you know, you're you're drafting guys replacements, that, or if someone does get injured, they're viable. Right. So guys taken after our pick here: uh, Andrew Luck, Kyle Rudolph. Josh Doxson, who I do like, um, he's kind of a uh, fantasy heroine for me. <laughs> um, I keep wanting him to be good, and he keeps not doing it. Uh, so this, hopefully this is the last. Hopefully I can kick my Josh Doxson habit. Uh, Devontae Parker is somebody's like, that's, you know, if you're a Miami fan, you're still thinking that Devontae Parker is going to be good. Yeah, but I'm way over that. I don't even look at Miami. But he's not. And I like um, uh, someone took Andrew Luck over Drew Brees. I kind of get it, but I'm taking Brees, which we did. Yeah, I'm and I'm I'm good with Brees. I've got him in I've got him in two leagues now. Um, you know the the main concern with Brees is he's 39, and at some point he's going to get old. It just happens. So we'll see. Um, but. This is this this seemed this is as easy a pick as I think it, we had in the back half of the draft. Yep. Um, guys taken after him: Nelson Aguilar, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. The Rams D looks like the first D off the board in the eleventh round. 
Um, and now you're getting into a bunch of wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes. These are a lot Kenny of players. Yeah. Uh... Yo, and I mean, still Sanu, Lockett, Galladay. I mean, Galladay, I like Galladay's got a ton of upside, yeah. right? Um, and then some kind of bottom of the bottom of the top 10, top of the top 20, uh, or, you know, Still like starting in that, in that, but what are they going to do? Like, well, you've got Peyton Barber's in there, but also James White and uh, James White's going to have probably a big role in the passing game with, uh, you know, to compensate for not having Edelman for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. I was um, kind of surprised Giovanni... that you didn't want any new England running backs. You'd voice that before. Normally I completely agree. This might've been the year to take a PPR guy, but I just don't know who they're going to play. Me either. That's the thing. But with yeah, uh, that's... Edelman gone, uh, someone's beyond gone. They, they game plan so well week to – they, they game plan so well week to week that if you're – if you don't have all of them, then you might as well not have any of them. Like, you know, it's like otherwise you're you're just hoping that – And then that you can't today's... fill two spots with them. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you're just hoping. So um, only guy I like that uh, – um, actually, uh, Galladay is really the only guy on that list of the guys no. taken after Breeze that that I might have been interested in. Um, and then we get to the twelfth round pick. Um, this is probably as uh, there's as, as big a gap on Marlon Mack probably as there is on Kelvin Benjamin. It's just reversed. Yeah, and you I'm didn't really like I'm Barber. He flew off the board, so it's like oh, okay, now we're live on this. <laughs> Right, right. So, you know, the guys taken after Mac. So running backs that were taken after Mac. Uh, let's see here. Nobody directly after it. Then you get into like Adrian Peterson, Ty Montgomery, Latavius Murray. Um, let's see here. Who else? Theo Riddick. Like, I think, I mean, I think we got a guy with more upside than, than we should have had the right to get with the 12th, in the, with our 12th pick. And for a guy that is now our fourth running back, um, this is a and and is the nominal starter, right? Is the is the guy that if he was yeah, healthy okay would the, be the starter. I'm okay with the starter. I'm not sold yeah, on so, Mac. I'm just sold on we have a starting running back. And and and, and listen, they even Peyton if before uh, Peyton Barber before I wanted yep. I wanted him over him. It was gone. It was like this is the last. Uh, starting running back, let's do it. Yeah, and I'm not worried that they drafted running backs. Um, you know, it's a, you know, they are trying to rebuild the talent on that team. You know, most offenses are running with a 60-40, 70-30 split anyways. Max not like a big, like, 230-pound bruiser. You know, so I get the picking up extra guys. Yeah, that's the main I, issue there. I think it was the fifth and the sixth round, uh, Himes and whoever else that's going to be. But, you know, that's but that's not, you know, the picking. Well, uh, grab, the thing gra- is, so grab, Gore they knew was on the way out. They tried to bring Marlon Mack up. He did okay. He did well in the passing game. He did shit on the ground. So then, obviously, he's going to do a little better. Luck's going to help. But they brought him in to be that role, and what happened? Lo and behold, they draft two guys very high. Yeah, but I mean, the, no. The, okay, listen. Here's here's how you groom a running back. All right, you're the 49ers, and you take Carlos Hyde in the second round while you've still got Frank Gore yeah. on the team. Frank Gore's got the, he does one more year, and then Hyde takes over. Yeah. Um, you know, like this is t- taking being unhappy. They tried right, to groom with, him. And he- 
Well, the, but like, you know, listen, giving him like seventy carries is not grooming him, I've, right? That's not. It's not I've like they were even splitting carries. Okay, so from here's week nine on last season. So you got to figure out that Gore's uh, Luck's hurt. Gore's, you know, you're halfway through the season. You got to see what the kids got. What does he give you? Two point nine points, three point six, four point one, five point nine. 5.4, 1.4, 4, and then a dazzling 10.8. But they didn't give him the ball. Yeah, for a reason. No, I like, listen, I think, I think, and you know what? And I think the reason that they didn't give him the ball was that the Frank Gore is absolutely ageless. Um, well, I mean, they and... were going nowhere, though. Their season was going nowhere. So, anyway, um... I do respect that we got a uh, starting running back there. But so for the thirteenth round we have um I might have who were we looking at? We got DJ Moore. This is and this was this this was just a pick that just got blown. Like this was a I don't know if we six... completely blew it. He was uh he was gonna I mean he's pretty high drafted. He's a big guy. See where he fits in. Uh I think it's gonna go to Funchess, but I could understand the reasoning. Two two It'd things I like about him. The the main thing, and and I've only read this after the fact, but the thing I like that is really interesting to me is Steve Smith is one of my favorite non forty ers The guy was just a beast, and he's calling DJ Moore his spirit animal. Like so, yeah, Steve Smith. You know, hard it's not to like. That's that's a ringing endorsement as far as I'm concerned. The guy I really wanted because I don't like taking rookies. The guy I really wanted, and if I could go back and do this pick over, was the guy that got taken right right after which was mike williams i think you even mentioned him there and and i couldn't you know what i couldn't find him like the 60 seconds was too short i didn't add him to the queue i couldn't find him yeah and i I think i even voiced i would have been okay with it and you know to be honest i understand that the chargers keeping him probably has more value than what dj moore could be in the short term yeah i mean he was the highest he was the highest drafted wide receiver highest in drafted wide receiver for uh in in the real draft last yes. year in the 2017 draft. And, um, you know, that's a, that's, that's got value. So, um, our next two picks are, uh, Cordero Patterson. Well, remember which in is... here we came down to, since we did grab more, it looks like it would have been a wide receiver anyway, but we were looking at, we only had room for one more wide receiver. Right. And we ended up going with Cordero Patterson. Did just, He's going to tear it up for the Patriots. You watch. They like him. I mean, they've dropped three people for him. They're getting in the ball in preseason. He's going to shine. All he's got to do is beat Hogan. He's got Brady thrown in the ball. Belichick. Oh, so you think he's going to be like the best receiver on the Pats this year? That's the only guy that he has to beat to beat the number one. I think he's going to be the number two. The only guy he's got to beat is Hogan. It's going to be tough when Edelman comes back. He's going to have up and down games because he's a Patriot. I think they're grooming this guy for greatness. I'm excited to see what happens. It's hard to make claims like that. I do love what I'm seeing happening, though. Yeah, so, I mean, his he had a – yeah, uh, I mean, he has never broken 500 yards receiving. No. Um, this and... There was a big issue with how much he's bounced around the league and that he did get demoted to a return guy, basically. That's what happened. 
so and and he's never got he's never had uh, you know the thing that i've heard about him and listen i'm not some i don't study film right yeah. but i read enough and the thing that i've heard about him is he's not a great route runner he seems goofy that doesn't route running that doesn't that doesn't sound like a guy that Tom Brady's going to have a ton of faith in on third and six. Yeah. Yeah. Your little PPR points that are going to add up a ton and play him more importantly at pivotal moments. And so their downs can turn into, uh, you know, treating it like the red zone. Yeah. I mean, I, at this point I would have, um, and my point here is, you know, I'm willing not, for it not to be Patterson, I could be wrong, but we needed to see who Brady's throwing to, and it, if anything had been overlooked at this point. Well, so I think I think at 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 at, at best, right? You're looking at you've got uh, the running backs are Burkhead and White. Those guys are going to get a ton of catches. You've got Gronk, obviously. You've got Chris Hogan. You've got Edelman coming back in Week Four. Um, that's you know I know Brady likes to spread the ball around, but it's going to like, it would surprise me if Cordell Patterson broke in with some kind of like unreasonable share of the targets. Right. I mean, if he got like 25% of the targets, that would blow me the fuck away. Now preseason can mean nothing. What he did in preseason was get seven targets, nine targets, and then I think he didn't play. But that's trying to groom a guy. They lost three guys. They're trying to see what they got. And what do they do? They move him up in the pecking order. The other way to look at all those targets, as we saw from the Browns on Hard Knocks, scored. is that, hold on, the, the other way to, to, to look at all those targets in the preseason, you can look at it the same way the Browns did with the rookie that uh, got caught with weed in his car, yeah. is they made him play the full game as punishment. Um, they, I can understand that too. There's a, there's an argument for a guy getting that many looks in preseason. They are lo- one looking to see if there's anything there, and two, they are looking to make sure that the guys they're actually going to throw the ball to come this week actually aren't on the field getting hurt. Yeah, or absolute proof to cut him. Look, shut up. We right. gave you seven balls. You did this. The thing is, I mean, he seemed to respond well. So. I think at first it started as just using him for the kick return team. I think he turned some heads and they're like, well, we've dropped Malcolm Mitchell and some other guys. Let's see what he's got. And they didn't move. They didn't flinch. All he's done is rise up that pecking order. Didn't like it, huh? Um, All right. So we'll just splice these two together. But um, were you saying anything? Uh, something about Corderell Patterson, just a little bit. I don't know where it cut out, but basically I think he's got a huge opportunity. They've given him a chance. They've moved him up from the punting squad. They've dropped three guys. I'm, it's hard to say he's going to be this huge contributor, but he's on pace to be in the role to be. We've seen guys miss with Malcolm Mitchell, um, among others. Uh, I'm buying this year. I think it was a great pick. Okay. Well, he's the most droppable player for me. (laughs) The most easily droppable player for me. Um, And our 15th pick is probably the guy that would be your most droppable player. Uh, The handsome. God, he's he's got such a jaw. Um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So, 
um, my argument. So your argument against Jimmy G isn't Jimmy G. The argument against it is even carrying two wide receivers or two t- quarterbacks. Pretty much. And you think that you've 14 or come week four of the season, you can go grab number 14 or number 16, whenever you want. And you've got, um, there's your, you, you can fill in for your bye week Yep. Okay. So I agree with you on that point. The reason that I drafted Jimmy G is because I don't think he will be the 14th or 16th best quarterback. I think he's going to be in the top 10. He had, he was the highest rated oh, quarterback. Wait, wait, no, no, no. It's, I think that we can grab the 14th or 16th off the waiver. I, I, I agree that he's probably going to sneak into the top 10, maybe be like 11th. I think he's going to be 11th. So that guy, though, has uh, – that guy's got trade value. That guy's got – like, he's going to – he is closer to playing, right? Because we had this conversation. We were texting about this when we were talking about who we're, who do we pick up? Do we go get Brita? Do we go get Alfred Morris? Um, because again, we're recording this after the McKinnon injury. Yeah. So, and, and that naturally gets to, well, who do we drop? Right. And so I think the guy, the three guys most likely to be dropped by us are DJ Moore, um, Cordell Patterson. And uh, for, and for you, it would be just Jimmy G because it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, 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 a lifestyle choice for you really that you don't want that second quarterback taking up a spot. Yeah, for me, it's kind of like, why are we even talking about DJ Moore and Corderell Patterson when we can just drop Jimmy G and it's a spot that won't be used and can be viably replaced? I think Jimmy G is going to do well. I don't want to hate on the guy. This isn't to hate on him. It's mostly what the replacement can do, and I think it's at least 85% of what he can do, Uh, and that's just plucking a guy off the waiver for the bye week or if he does, you know, if Breeze got hurt or something. But since, so here, since we have such a strong quarterback breeze, I feel like that's the reason more so that we don't need a second quarterback. So I, so a couple things. I'm not so, I'm not sold necessarily on um, breeze being as good as um, even necessarily as good as Jimmy G this year. Oh, get out I of mean, here. Dude, Drew Brees was the number nine quarterback last year. Yeah, I get that he's on the decline. He's getting older, and so you know. So if hyper get the Shanahan offense, it's nice to on the Jimmy GN. But if you've got right, I mean, he only scored two more points last season than Drew or than Dak Prescott. Yeah. So. You know, it's like to have a guy that is has a completely different career trajectory than Drew Brees, right? I mean, Drew Brees is a name. It's a great name. Um, but I think having a strong backup for him. So this because... is where I will kind of listen to it because it's like if you're trying to pitch me on the keeper and that we're like stashing a keeper, I can no. listen to it. but. No, that's that's where I think this is like, no, it's just going to sit there. It's going to be a wasted spot. Most of the bench in theory will be, but I just have something else there. So in order for Cordero Patterson to start for us, he is going to have to leap because I I think we agree. He's our, he's our last place wide receiver right now. I'd put him over DJ Moore. 
Okay, fine. So yeah, I, say... I don't want to split the hair. Yeah, he's at the he's bottom of the pecking order. Okay, so fine. Let's just let's just use DJ Moore as as the example then. If DJ Moore right is the worst receiver, that means he's going to have to jump Cordero Patterson. He's going to have to jump Funches. He's going to have to jump Hogan. He's going to have to jump uh, and uh, or Cooks or any of the other guys that we who else who are the receivers i can't think Tate. off the top of my head so um he's gonna have to jump keelan cole yeah right he's gonna have to jump all of these guys and 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 he's gonna have to jump four guys that are on our roster because we drafted eight quarter, eight wide receivers so in order for him to make the starting spot and take one of our flex spots he's gonna need to either be a top four wide receiver and be better than Carlos Hyde and Marlon Mack. That's four to six guys that he's going to have to be better than to, to get run with us. Yeah, this is like if, the definition of a whole bench, of course. Right. No, but what I'm but what I'm saying is, but Jimmy wide receivers going to get hurt. Running backs are going to get hurt. But your backup quarterback only has to be better than one guy. Yeah, but you can trade the other guys if they step into the role, or you can play them. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, he's only going like, to beat one guy, but you can put different guys in there. If the other guys get hurt, you can't just necessarily always go to the waiver. You got to be ahead of it. The, like, listen, I think if Jimmy G's, I think Jimmy G is going to be, I mean, listen, four out of five games last year, he threw for over 290 yards. Breeze had 290 yards plus in only five games last year, and he had 16 chances. So I don't think, I, I don't think, I think realistically, based off Breeze's year last year and the way Jimmy G's en- G ended last year, I think we reasonably have two reasonably qu- we have two quarterbacks that'll finish somewhere between seven and ten. Okay. And I think that is going to allow us to And you only get trade- to play one of them. Right, but we can trade the other one. I think that oh, I, I hear I this. we that... can trade the other one. No one's going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo for their playoffs. They might trade for him for next year, but what? I but think if, it's he's a the seven, if he's the se- if he's the eighth ranked quarterback and your quarterback goes he's down, not throwing. Okay, if if he had a big name target, I understand that he has some sneaky targets, and but he just lost his running back. With with that without that Pierre, alone, okay. we're dropping so, him for his running back. Okay, watch this. Without Pierre Garçon, who was supposed to be the number one receiver last year and was hurt, he he did what he did, throwing to Kendrick Bourne, Aldrick Robinson, Marquise Goodwin, George Kittle, Garrett Selleck, and with Carlos Hyde and Matt Breed in, in the backfield, and a and and a line and an offensive line that they have turned over three spots with four spots. The the only the only guys coming back. From last season, sorry, three spots are Joe Staley and uh, Lake and Tomlinson. The other three spots are going to be new guys this year. So, like with with one of yeah, the worst rosters, I'm not saying that's. Uh, I, like I said, I'm not trying to hate on the guy, but now all the pressure's on. You've got a new team. You have no. Your wide receiver core is better, and I appreciate that he did produce the crap pile that you just listed. Right, but listen. It's, it's listen, not. It's, we, are, we, are team ever. To we are banking ever. We are banking. We are banking on a quarterback. To me, you're talking we, about our bye week replacement and trade bait. 
we're talking about a guy that I think could end up being better than Breeze this year. But at what point are you ever going to cycle him in? When he's consi- if 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 for three, four, five weeks he's consistently better than Breeze, then you plug him in. That's great. Breeze was. Breeze was only the number nine quarterback last year. Yeah, but here you are saying we have the two seven to ten quarterbacks. Like it's a big deal. Then you just take one and call it a day. But we, but I like, we don't know which one's going to be. We, I, I, it's Breeze. Yes, I think. So why, if we think that there's so what's, be seven what's to ten, Breeze's worst season going to be? And you can Breeze. still probably live with it. Breeze's worst season is probably going to be this year because he's thirty nine. Yep. Somebody's still going to finish top 12 and you, right. and you so, want to get the number nine guy and have the number 12 guy. I understand the value, but it's never going to like come to fruition on our team. What? Well, all we're going to have him for at the end of the day is a bye week and trade bait. Or we think that there's the chance that he's going to outperform breeze, which isn't unrealistic. I don't see it happening. I do. Well, and if it does, it's going to be incrementally close. We're not talking like he's going to be the third best guy. It's going to be like seventh to twelfth stuff. Okay. so And that's why I'm saying at the same time, we can have the number nine guy and we can pluck the number 15 guy off as needed. All right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing with Garoppolo that, that people probably have heard, but we'll say it again. He was the best passer in the league for the last five weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Statistically, the best guy in the league for the last five weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And we got him with the very last position pick. Like, that's an inordinate amount. Uh, that's an inordinate gap between potential value and where we actually drafted him. Yeah, there's, like I've said before, he's coming in. There wasn't no date on the guy. There was some, but... Uh, defenses start learning their style. You can have that quick little uptick, and then you level out. So, His level out is still decent. I'm not here's, but here's here's the argument against that. He came in not to a new team. Like your argument for Kelvin Benjamin was that he didn't perform because he got traded midseason. Jimmy G's the fucking quarterback. He got traded midseason, and he was still able to come and produce the way he was. Yeah, I think you're banking on the play caller. You're banking on an improved team around him. Um, and you're banking that he's going to improve his touchdown interception r- r- ratio. And you know what? If he's if four or five weeks into the season, he's still the 15th ranked quarterback, then of course he's droppable. He's eminently replaceable. Um, but I think by that yeah, time, right now we need we can take Matt Breda, who I'm not even that stoked on, but I appreciate his chance. Right, and I think that his chance to play for us is I think he's more likely to play for us. Then I think Brady's more likely to play for us than Cordero Patterson. Is. Negative. That's no way. Brady just got because of injury he got slid in, which is sometimes yeah. the chance you need. But yeah, he's not but exciting. Of, he's got a good per- chance. But because of performance, Cordero Patterson is on his third team in five years. Yeah, which isn't unheard of. For bad players, it's not unheard of. Even for good ones, no. Well, Brandon Brandon Cooks is a red flag to me because he's on his third team. Yes, in five years, that's what was and, my example. And he and he's actually good. Yep. 
Yeah, I, Cordell Patterson has. Cordell Patterson has never had more than 500 yards receiving. Well, but, in his, like, in his like I said, this is this is hard to sell. If you're going to be like, he's not going to be top ten, and we can have a top ten guy. It's this guy could step in and be a top twenty wide receiver. I mean, theoretically, I could too. Yeah, Nave. This my point here is this is where I got Marvin Jones last year. This is the same eye. This is who I'm pulling in his spot this time. I could be wrong. When I'm right, this is what I've gotten. You got okay. went from undraftable to the top eleven guy. It's the same theory metrics driving that. If I'm wrong, you know, there's a few guys that I could have slid in in that spot and been the same right or wrong on. For me this year, it's him. Marvin Jones, before last, so Marvin Jones last three years, four years, uh, 700, last four years where he played, he looks like he was injured. 712 yards, 816, 930, 1101. I see that you've turned me around on Marvin Jones. He has grown. Over the same time period, his worst season is still better than probably two of Cordell Patterson's seasons combined. Yeah. So this is not the same argument. Uh, this is what he's being groomed for and who he's being groomed by. You, you are. Ta- this is a Hail Mary. You are taking a huge flyer with a very late pick on Cordero Patterson. Yes. I'm not taking a huge flyer on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to, like, he was a great, finished the season great. He's um, yeah, but what if it is a huge flyer? If it's just a wasted spot, it's not. That's the thing. It's not a wasted spot if he's in the top ten. It still is. No, it's not. We can't play him but one week. But you can't play the other seven okay, so, bench spots. Either. Okay, so you don't trade him at the end of the year. What was he? Pointless. You could have. You could have brought Goff in. That's like saying car insurance is pointless. No, I I get it that you need it the one time it's there, but if you're only talking about a bye week, it wasn't. Trade... Listen, I just went through this last year. I had I drafted Rogers with the fifth pick. I drafted Carson Wentz with the fifteenth pick, and you know what? Carson Wentz had the best. It was the best quarterback in fantasy football last year. Came in real handy when Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. Yeah, and when I had to go to the waiver wire. Late in the season yeah. to replace Carson Wentz. You know who I got? Nick fucking Foles and Dak Prescott. Yeah. Who, there was nothing else there. And how'd you do? I didn't win. Yeah, but I mean, you you lost Aaron <laughs> Rodgers at the same time. You've got to expect a huge ding in your team because back then you're drafting him so high. But why? Ju- but why just say? Why just say? It's like it's like driving a car without car insurance. Why just say, oh, well, if I get in a wreck, that's cool. They can just sue me. But at least Brady I doesn't expected them to sue me. Point game. Rodgers doesn't always have a 30-point game. You're looking for a guy's average at this point. At that point, you can take a guy like that. And Foles had a gun in offense. He had every single opportunity to bring you points. And didn't. And I lost because of it. Yeah, but okay, the fantasy football can happen like that. Two out of three weeks, what was he doing? Uh, I, I don't. I, I can't go back into the Nick yeah, Foles thing. But that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like a bad poker beat. You feel the one that hits, and you forgot. No, that there's Nick a Foles. Hits like here's it. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Not having a good backup quarterback is not a bad poker beat. Well, here, Aaron, here was Aaron it is, Rogers, you, were, you had you were in the th- third string by this. I'm talking about the second string. 
So at this right, point, and my second string I held on to all season, and you know what? It worked out perfectly because my second string was having a great season, and I just held on to him, quote unquote, wasted the spot, and continued to have a top three quarterback the rest of the season. And you know yeah, what? Then you're talking, went down. you're talking top three. Did you draft? Right, but but I didn't draft Wentz knowing he was going to be t- nobody. Like Wentz doesn't go in the last pick if I draft it. This is it's the same flyer to me. It, taking a flyer on a guy finishing in the top ten, so that you've got you've got one insurance, two trade bait, and three. Maybe he outperforms the thirty nine year old quarterback. Hmm. I'm just not sold on like what he he is compared to someone that you can pull off the waiver which is going to be pretty close to the top 12 well i don't think there's any like that here's the the the, he right now does not hold much more value than you're right probably jared goff all right but if we're if i'm right and he's a top 10 quarterback he won't be there if he comes out if he comes out in week one and lights up the vikings it's over. He's not there anymore. And, in, and and for a guy that we're not going to start, we would have dropped a guy that holds value to us the rest of the season. Yeah, possibly. But you got to look at things like uh, who they're playing in the fantasy playoffs. People go a little wild. And maybe they don't even need him. They're just liking that he put up big numbers. That could be a waste to their team. I, I don't understand that point. He's either he's either got value for us or, or he doesn't. Well, if he's a top like I said, I'm not I'm saying, saying he's, he's got value. He's doesn't have value, but to me, when I look at the raw statistics of it, he's bi week filler and trade bait. I don't see the trade happening for him, so we're looking strictly at bi week. So you're saying that nobody in the league would be amenable to picking up a top like because we're only hanging on to him if he's a top ten quarterback. Yeah. So. You're saying that nobody in the league, if their top 10 quarterback goes down, would be open to trading for ours. You don't think that we could take Jimmy Garoppolo and Brandon Cook? No, I'm saying that there's – And turn him into I'm a top there's 10 wide receiver. too many steps in between there. Now that you put McKinnon on it, it's just the icing. No, it's the, – the, that's like saying there's like there's, – well, it's like I don't like chess because there's too many moves. No, he may not – he may not have all the weapons around him, and he's still gelling with these guys. Now he's got all the pressure of being the guy and stepping up. He did great last year. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. This isn't a hate on him. It's what I think he will genuinely bring to our team. I think it's one bye week. I disagree. I I I would. I'd rather just... take a chance on a guy that's going to fill in to be a top fifteen running back or wide receiver. Maybe that's a little tied, but I'd rather take a flyer on a guy that can hit that and try and trade him up. I would rather have the guy you just described than Cordero Patterson. Well, I think Cordero is that guy. You're going to thank me later. You really are. All right. Well, I think so. So our biggest fear is that in the face of an opportunity to pounce, we have gotten to inaction. Uh, Well, okay. So let's just pretend that those were no fly zones for either of us. For some reason, you're dead set on keeping Garoppolo and I'm dead set on Cordell over Breda. Uh, I mean, I guess we could drop DJ Moore because we're getting a starting running back over a wide receiver too. 
and a rookie at that. Yes. Let's see who has McKinnon. And then also, I don't even know where – I haven't looked at the roster uh, in terms of if we're going to get this guy. People are going to be picking him up. And the other thing about Braden is if you're not sure it's going to be him or Alfred Morris, I just want a running back that is going to be a clear-cut guy or you've almost sold me on Garoppolo. If we're not sure this is going to be a starting running back or wide receiver, yes, then I will buy your quarterback statement. But if we have a chance to get one of those things over it, that's why I don't like it. So, I mean, this this guy's flexes are James White and Carryon Johnson, and he's got nothing on the bench. So... <laughs> I think we can probably expect him to put in a sizable bid, probably for Alfred Morris. Um, how does this Alfred? How does this work though? It's it was snake, so. Well, it's 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 an auction. It's an auction. It's auction waivers. Oh, 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 dearie me! And I think we've got a hundred dollar budget. Okay. So, so that guy's um, probably so going to blow twenty bucks. I don't know. I've never done one of those snake in the. In the auction waiver, I get the theory of it, but you think he's going to go for like twenty bucks? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think I think Morris will go for more than Breda, and I think Breda is going to be the like Breda. I think will be the forty-five in a fifty-five forty-five split, but he's going to be the pass catcher, and he's also the young one. And Shanahan's going to go with the hot hand, and I think that Breda is going to be the hot hand more often than you know. If the Niners are going to be eight and eight this season, that means they're going to be behind in a certain amount of games. And uh, I think Brady gets more play when they're behind than Alfred Morris does. Mm. Yeah, like I said, I, my worry is that he just uh, injury slid in. He didn't earn it. But if uh, I, I can appreciate the starting role. Yeah, I mean, it's and he might not start, right? Like, I don't think we I don't think Morris is Morris is too big of a uh, hit for us, considering he's not going to start. But I think Brady, we might be at a sneak for like five bucks. I'm not looking for the third down back on a team. I'm looking for their main running back. If Well, it's like those guys don't exist anymore, right? So you've got to take, like, that's like, you know, but, like, we're not, again, I'm not talking about, we're not swapping them out for Brandon Cooks. I'm talking about swapping them out for Cordero Patterson. So, um, anyway, there's a chance There's a chance we don't get them, but I think there's there's an argument here to, to put a bid in. So, um, all right, man, well, I think, uh, that that is just about covers the draft, um, and I think we've gone Jesus probably about seventy five minutes here. So well, it kind of links um, into who we'd be getting because I don't even count the defense and the kickers through all that. So we've yeah. pretty much covered the draft and who we'd be. Oh, yeah. getting so we dead. ended up we ended up with your team, your favorite team's defense, and my favorite team's kicker. So um, Broncos D, Robbie Gold leading us to victory. Yep. All right. Any final thoughts? Well, just that we still need some uh, – we need to figure out this quarterback thing. And I can see how many people are in the same uh, situation. There is people ending up with two and three in a lot of our drafts. I feel like that's a huge opportunity to – Three is just, silly. Yeah. Three is just silly. So, but I, listen, I like our team. I think we've got talent up and down it. I think uh, I think the, the, the backup quarterback thing will work itself out over a couple of weeks. I believe in Jimmy G. Um, so, you know, we're, uh, I think short of something catastrophic happening where we've got to, you know, we've got to go, you know, 
you know, Antonio Brown, Golden Tate, and Brandon Cooks all end up with, you know, uh, sprained ankles that leave them out for six weeks, and we have to go drop three guys just to, you know, just to fit them into the fit, fit the waiver wire pickups in. I see us holding on to Jimmy until we get a feel for what that offense is going to look like. Ew. I think it's going to. I think it's going to be a top. I think he's a top ten quarterback, and I think that's got value. Yeah. Yuck! New running back. Mm-hmm. I think. Patterson has. I no still value. like him. I like Garoppolo. I think he's very valuable to his team in the league. But yeah, I hate to. I hate a guy that's never going to get used. One, two. Oh, we'll break Three, on three, in action. Ready? One, two, three. In action. Fine. Fuck you very much. I'll talk <laughs> to you later. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the Two Guys, One Team podcast. Really appreciate it. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, review the podcast. You can all do all of that from your iTunes app. It's going to be huge. Our goal for this year is to get onto the new and noteworthy section. There are some, there's some good podcasts up there. They've got thousands and thousands of ratings and reviews, but there's also some slackers up there. We can jump ahead of them just by getting 30, 40, 50 more reviews. So um, we're very close. We really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate every single person that uh, takes, takes time out of their day to listen to our little journey here on our fan, with our fantasy football team. So thank you so much again. Subscribe, rate the podcast, review the podcast, leave five stars. We love you to death. Thank you, everyone.